0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride, Share, Rodeo, Uber, Lyft, Driver, and Gig Economy News. Presented by UberliftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, well, let's get it on. So before I jump into the news tonight and uh, into our interview that we have a little bit later uh, with the new startup, I wanted to get around to uh, thanking everybody. Um, For the past few weeks, my voice has been just almost borderline disturbing um especially for me but probably even hearing it from you guys um i'm sure you could tell that i was struggling a couple different times and we do have the smoke from our own fires here in colorado as well as the ones from the california fires that have been carrying over um and at this elevation it it doesn't move away as quickly so we've had some really high pollution levels uh and things that disturb um you know breathing and that kind of thing um, you know, those essentials for life type thing. So, um, this weekend I, uh, I, back in the day, you know, or, you know, I guess it's always still with you. So it's been an issue with me even now. And I kind of knew that it was somewhat part of this, but, um, I used to have to carry an an actual inhaler around with me for emergencies, have asthma. Um, that was like 20 years ago. I haven't had to have an emergency inhaler on me in like 20 years. And this last weekend, um, I finally kind of reached a peak with all that smoke breathing and this pollution levels in Denver and all the stuff that we've been facing all summer. And I'm sure that stress and things of that nature played their role in this as well. But um, I actually was – I had to take myself to the uh, intensive care. Um, I was very reluctant to go to uh, ER as I just – you know, I (sighs) – I pretty much, I haven't had a fever at all. Uh, I hadn't had a lot of other COVID uh, um, indicators. So I I really wanted to go to intensive care because I, I have a feeling that I just didn't want to go to an ER with a respiratory issue like I was having and where other people with COVID are because I just felt like I was putting myself into a high risk category of getting it. So um, I checked and the instant care was fine with me coming in. I actually couldn't have gone at a better time or maybe it just all played out to make sure that I followed through with going but when we got there um I every step going towards the ER door and this is not like me I I hike back country I snowboard back country I, I'm very active I'm very in shape um so this isn't like me at all but um I went in there I couldn't breathe every other step I was having to stop just going to the to get checked in and uh, it ends up that I had a very low oxygen level. It was um, like 78, and you're supposed to be 95 to 100, um, but uh, I was at 78, and so I was barely kind of hanging in there with the breathing at all. And uh, they gave me a steroid shot. Um, I'm on three, four medications for um, one of one of them, the prednisone, um, for five days, and then all, three other ones for ten days and an albuterol inhaler, and they gave me three oxygen therapy sessions there. So when I left, I was at about a 92. So I am coming back around, and uh, I won't beat a dead horse here, but thank you for bearing with me over the past couple of weeks. I had the issue addressed. I also had a COVID test run while I was there, and I got the results back yesterday. Luckily, it was not COVID, and I do not have COVID. So um, when I was there, the, I told the doctor I didn't have any of the symptoms. She thought I didn't have it either, but let's run the test. And, uh, so now I'm just kind of on the mend and I want to thank everybody for bearing with me and hopefully this week is, this week is better. Next week will be better and just get back to normal from there. Um, because I was actually getting winded on the podcast and other things I was having to do through the week, but, uh, okay, let's, let's forge forward here. Okay. March, 2018. Everybody remember that date or remember why that is a red letter date with rideshare? Hmm. Okay, well, there's a bunch of news out about it right now, so maybe you've seen it. And if not, let's 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 go into this for just a quick second because it is kind of bothersome. It's coming out, you know, this is what, twenty-four and then five. It's like twenty-nine to thirty months after this happened, and now it's being dealt with. And we're gonna really quick hit on this and it will be a story that we absolutely follow because I'm kind of shocked that it's coming around now and the way it's coming around. But March, 2018 was when Uber autonomous, um, an auto, an Uber autonomous vehicle in the Phoenix area, um, fatally struck a woman and the supervisor driver, uh, Rafaela Vasquez is now being charged with negligent homicide, negligent homicide. So, Again, this you've heard me many times on this podcast talk about how I think there should be a city developed in the desert somewhere where real people don't live. Fake buildings, fake streets, streetlights, uh, you know, things that can pop up like cardboard pop-ups and just things that uh, people are actually testing and monitoring. I don't know why when they go live in these cities. We saw an incident in Pittsburgh where somebody was killed. We saw an incident in Arizona where somebody was killed. And the autonomous division carried onward. Um, But I think that this showed, the way that they did this, you know, hiring somebody to be in the front seat to be able to take control of the vehicle or push the breakdown live in a city shows that I think it was a very good move that even though we're seeing some news about the investors behind Uber re-pushing for the Autonomous to relaunch and not to do the Yandex sale out to the Russian company and merge with them um, and displace Autonomous over with Yandex, so Uber would be Uber-Yandex with them. I think that's the better idea I always have, A, for financial reasons, but B, because I don't think this is perfect proof that Uber doesn't belong in this game. I mean, they basically just hired a driver and said you're going to be in control of this autonomous vehicle in case it's going to kill somebody. I don't know that that's really a thing that we have in this country to properly train, or how do we establish that this person is able to handle this job? You know, I mean, there's just a lot of factors that go into the human side of this that I don't think that they should be in live cities testing. I never have. Um, Regardless... She went in and gave her initial plead last week of not guilty and is set for um, trial on February 21st of next year. So to me, again, crazy. You know, Uber should be the one going to court for this. They employed somebody to do something, and even if the person slipped or whatever, this wasn't an independent contractor driver. This was an employee of Uber. Who should be taken care of by the Uber attorneys in the autonomous division? this person 's being left to hung out to dry and deal with this on their own, and I understand that 's how they would deal with a driver hitting a passenger like me if i 'm driving on my in in my driver app and I do that right now. I accept the terms of independent contractor and all that, but this was an autonomous vehicle, and I know that there 's some question as to what the driver was doing at the time you know was she on her phone was she okay so i know that they even have some proof by the cameras but nonetheless again this is an autonomous vehicle that we know to have tons of problems the lidar does not operate in the sideways rain it does not it does not operate and shuts down in snow um they have issues with left turns So, right turns are primary, but they still were doing left turns. There's so many issues with autonomous, and Uber was kind of performing at an Uber level. You know, I mean, they just didn't belong in this game. You've got big players in this game who do know what they're doing, and you know, you got Waymo, you got uh, Alphabet, you got Tesla, you got all kinds of big companies who actually do know technology. Leave it to them. I think Uber was great to sell off to Yandex, like we heard about a, a week or two ago. So let's leave it at that. Screw the investors. And yeah, you still have the autonomous division. It's just with a company that is focused on autonomous now, Yandex. And they have a little more of a stake, but you still have your claim in there, Uber. I mean, there's so many players in the game to be last place, kind of, like Uber was, and have non-working technology on the car and know it. And put it out there and just say, well, driver, if it screws up on the spots we know that it doesn't work already, we want you to take over and it's going to be on you. I don't know. It doesn't really work for me, but um, I guess we'll see what happens there. I, I'm, I'm really shocked. I thought this had all been either taken care of, um, under the, you know, taken care of out of court settlements, that, those kind of things. I didn't know this lady was still up for a negligent manslaughter, negligent homicide. But, um, you know, it's all over the news now, so... Oh, what else? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the judge hearing the Uber license final appeal in London will be passing down their decision on December 28th. Now, this will determine if Uber can still operate in uh, London. It is, it's, it's been accused by um, parties, it's been through the courts, and it's lost and it 's been through an appeal, and it 's lost. This is its final appeal, and we didn 't know how long the the sentence would take to come down we didn 't even know we would get be told a date. We just know that we figured it would be it started last week we figured it would be fought for a while but we 're already hearing that the judge is going to, to is going to give a decision on the twenty eighth of this month so very interesting to see how that 's going to play out because that 's right around that 's right before all the a b five stuff will start happening in california in october november to see how that will play out so um these court cases are moving quickly uh let's see <laughs> this this uh, here's another one too that's bugging me so still making news and again i think you all know how i feel about this stuff uber pr stunts that's all it is but uber's still making news about being fully electric by 2030 um i got to call a i got to call a rideshare rodeo bs on this one because straight up uh, we know when they give a date that's that 's a death warrant that means that that date means nothing that they have no actual timeline to getting there they have just taken a dart thrown it ten years into the future and said we 'll be there problem is uber doesn 't own any of the cars so I mean this is a you know talk about a b five or things like that affecting the 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 business model, this would become the business model and it would have to revamp everything to become a fully electric fleet. And what Ubers, I know that I've seen things about how they're going to help the drivers buy the cars or whatever, but still they don't own the fleet. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think this is a commitment that they are able to make in an honest way. So, again, I think it's a PR stunt to kind of offset all the bad going on right now. Just something that's 10 years out, Hey, in 10 years we'll be fully electric. I don't think that they even, they'd even have any plan at all to get there, other than just saying it PR to get in every newspaper and get an article like I've seen in every, every uh, publication. So I guess they got their wish on that one. Okay. This one, this I saw yesterday and I thought, I honestly thought this was a cruel joke. So I'm going to I'm just going to put it out there and say it. Have any of you heard of civil? C-I-V-V-L. Okay. Civil is, appear, is popping up in different markets around the country right now. Um, it is market specific. I don't know how many they're in. I've been trying to figure this out. Um, I know of at least, you know, there's a few. There's a few big cities they're in. Um, but civil is starting to pop up and what it so uh, let me start off with their ad they're basically the markets they're popping up in the ad is be hired as an eviction crew okay they're they're coming into the markets as a gig-based economy with the ad be hired as an eviction crew so it's the uber of evictions I mean right now in in this especially so you can probably in your head already start to know which cities are the target cities that they're starting to come up in it's the cities where you're hearing news about people really being freaked out about evictions. Obviously, the whole country, given the state of covid the pandemic um, the lack of help from the government and things of that nature, and especially you know putting freezes on uh, rent moratoriums and things like that um, In some cities, it's way worse than other cities, though, and those are the cities you're going to see, or you will. You can probably find civil right now. Um, One way I was able to check it and actually see if it existed in mine was to get on Craigslist local and just type in C I V V L, and and they actually did come up. So um, you can look in your city as well. Uh, Please don't work for these people in any way. this is it might as well be called shyster. You know, this is just crap. I mean, if you're if you want to make some money, and you know, I don't even know what they pay or how this even works, but if you want to make money, you know, throwing people out of their their home into the street as a gig job, um I will email me uberliftdrivers at gmail.com if you want to do this, and I will work my my ass off to find you a gig in your city that pays at least whatever they're paying if not more and just to make sure you don't do this i will do this on my own time to make sure you don't use this app what a hunk of shit and this company excuse my language but this company can just go you know what themselves um Let me move on from that because it's just that. I thought it was a cruel joke. Um, I found a couple articles on it. It's real. And uh, we did post it up on uberliftdrivers.com, by the way. You can find that and see what they're doing with that. I'm not, it's really disturbing. But, um, drivers, remember, uh, remember Uber Pool? (laughs) Remember how much we all used to hate Uber Pool? I'm always really driving circles and you'd have somebody and you almost be to the first drop off and you'd be sent back to where you pick that person up to get another person. And then a third person be farther away. And then all of a sudden the resets, the drop offs and somebody could be in your car for like an hour and a half before. And they thought that they were going to be alone and people and passengers all the time were calling because they've got these times down where they knew if I call a pool ride, I usually almost never get paired up at this time of day from this location And then all of a sudden, they started making the pool drivers even drive farther. Drivers weren't making as much. It was taking up tons of time. Um, Big germ spreader, all this. Well, you know, when the pandemic came around, it was like mid-March when I think they just kind of said no more Uber pool for a while. And then it became just kind of gone. So we were all kind of hoping that even post-pandemic, at least for a long, 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 long time, we wouldn't see it come back. Well, today it came back. Um, But I'm kind of not upset about the way it came back because it actually is doing what car sharing, ride sharing should have been regarding such such a way of traveling or optimizing travel as an Uber Pool option. Right now, Uber Pool is coming back, but it is only for riders who are going to the same work location. So if three people are calling an Uber pool and are going to the building at this location and they all work in the same building, you can take that Uber pool ride of people and you'll be dropping them all off at the same location because they all work together. So that's a way of sharing and, you know, we'll see how it works out. I don't know how the algorithm quite will work with that and how many rides you'll actually pick up or if, or if people will just again be saving money by selecting Uber Pool and we'll just help out Uber in terms of seeing where people are actually going and are they getting pair ups for people going to the same location wanting an Uber Pool ride. So we'll see how it works. It is live in a, in a handful of cities today. I don't have a list of those cities. I just, the articles I read said it did go live today. Um, I think it was eight testing cities today. And then they are hoping to be more live next week. Usually this is like a two-week type flow when we see something like this happen. Um, They use the first week in like five to eight cities. If it's a total bomb, you just don't even see the second week happen. If it kind of works, you see the second week happen, they bring in a few more cities, or they continue with just the ones they had. And then if they see any kind of increase or just staying level, they might continue with it. If they see another drop, they usually drop it. So I think we 're in that kind of point, so we 'll see what happens um, but i mean it's it's it 's definitely better than what Uber pool was just driving all over the place and picking up all kinds of people and exposing a ton of germs to one another and um, you know is it the right time i don 't know, but um, if people are going to work and they 're all going to the same work and they work together and you 're driving and you 'd be taking three rides with those people anyway. And if you can make more, but it's all one drop-off location, that might actually be a win-win for everybody. But we'll have to see if it works. Excuse me again. So, the Instacart startup company Dumpling, so Instacart competitor Dumpling, um, in the gig grocery space, Yesterday announced that they are launching Dumpling Drive. Now, Dumpling Drive is obviously what it sounds like. It's going to be a rideshare of sorts where, where you, just like a dumpling worker compared to an Instacart worker, you will have that dumpling option of having your own, really kind of more setting up your own business. Um, instead of working the platform for Uber or Lyft, or Instacart, how Dumpling was doing with the grocery space, you will now have that same kind of option with Uber and Lyft. Um, I want to talk about this more in detail in either next week or the week after. I'm trying. I, I've, I'm talking with Dumpling right now about getting them on the podcast, So, but it's probably going to be a couple weeks because next week we're not going to have any guests. I'm going to do a lot of news catch-up because um, we do have a guest this week. Um, but... Maybe the week after or the week after that, I'm hoping to have Dumpling on. And uh, we will talk to them about both quickly about how they did in the grocery space. And I'd like to talk to them about um, Dumpling Drive and see what, what's up with this and where they see it going. Um, okay. So there's lots of news out there, if you've seen or taken a look, about regarding... W- You know, Tesla, and what would it look like if Tesla bought out Uber? Um, There's some really good articles, but the discussion's kind of just beginning. It's more like um, uh, the news, the, the articles that are coming out are more just touching on the fact, you know, could this happen? What would happen if it did? So it's people analyzing it because it's obviously a thought of Tesla's, and it's obviously... Uber hasn 't at least closed the door that doesn't mean they're into it, but they haven 't said no. So you know what would it look like again, this is something that I want to discuss in more detail next week. We do I did start to get some details on it, but I, I really want to put the whole thing together, so I want to do a little bit more on it. Um, so we'll save that for next week as well, but I wanted to at least say it out there that it's something that's happening and it's and it's news that's out there that what would happen if Tesla did? Could Tesla do this? What would it look like? And it's not, we're not seeing articles from Uber saying, whoa, this isn't even anything we're looking at. It's not fully being shot down. They're kind of, it might be something that they're not, maybe not interested in yet, but they're willing to hear out. So, um, interesting, I guess. Um, Excuse me. Today the. US Department of Labor proposed a rule that would define by way of um, whether workers are employees or independent contractors under the Fair Standards Act. So this is brand new news that just broke this morning, okay? Um, one thing for sure is that what this federal side is saying, is that there are many reasons to be an independent contractor. So it is a lot, it does have a test, um, but the test is much, it's 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 not like the California ABC test for AB5. It's not, it's not leaning towards there's no way to be an independent contractor under this ABC test. It actually has a way where it's no, you can be an independent contractor. I mean, sure, that's a thing, and that you should be able to be that. So, it's interesting. This is absolutely something we will do much more news on next week. As the two articles I saw today were the only two, and uh, they weren't very detailed. One of them was actually in Yahoo News, which is something I don't get a lot of news from. But um, and when I do see news in there, it's usually just a paragraph. There was a whole article in there. So I put a piece up on um, UberLiftDrivers.com that you can check out. Uh, but it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, It's interesting that the U.S. Department of Labor has been seeing all these states watching AB5, starting to do their own compilations of AB5, and now they're stepping in and saying, well, wait a minute, maybe we need to address this on the federal level. So interesting, and we will follow up with it next week. Again, next week we'll not have any guests, but as promised last week, um, this week we have uh one of the or james uh uh Fikori, one of the co-founders and ceo of the new gig startup company bidbud um bidbud is based out of washington state and um we have them on the, we're going to bring them on the podcast right now and i will come back and after the po- after the interview i will come back out and uh, and do a readout and see how it goes. But for right now, we're going to bring on James and have a quick discussion about, uh, does it sound? Hi, James. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good. Um, so it's good to have you on the podcast and, uh, just wanted to talk with you a little bit today about BidBudApp.com. Um, I saw an article about it, and I was just uh, curious. Uh, we like to bring we like to bring on the startups, and I was just curious as to what you guys are have to offer for uh, gig workers right now. Yeah, so um, uh, the BidBud app basically allows you to uh, find and post jobs using a bidding system. So. <clears throat> uh, A user will
1: basically post a job Mm -hmm. with a title, description, um, category, and some information, and then they'll post it, and people within their area, within a certain mile radius, uh, gig workers, will be able to see the job and place bids on it. And so
0: that's basically how the system works. Okay. Yeah. So do the the people who are picking – so if somebody posts a job like, um, you know, I need – I need uh I don't even know if this is is it pretty much everything. I need a garage cleaned out. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so if they post that and do they put an amount or what they're thinking even or is it just straight bids at that point? Yeah, it's like it's like if I'm a if I'm a worker, I can say, "Hey, you know,
1: I can I can do this job, you know, a flat rate of, you know, 200 bucks or whatever." And another worker can come in and say, "Oh, I I can do it for 14 bucks an hour."
0: Okay. So do the, there's do there's the and then the people obviously can get in contact with these people and tweak out that deal a little bit.
1: Uh, that's not the way we have
0: it right now. Oh, okay, but, okay. But um, because we don't want to, we don't want to have. We're afraid of of uh people having you know communication beforehand because then they won't really. Oh. Need to go through the bidding system of the platform. So I see that's what you're kind saying. Of one of the things we're worrying about, but um, we're actually working on a feature right now that should be out by the end of the week. Where for certain jobs, because we notice there are some, there are people post some highly skilled jobs uh-huh. where you can't really place a bid on it based off of images and a description. You know, you really you need to go to the job site to see it. Um, so we're working on a feature where uh, users can place bid, uh, place a bid in person. OK. Um, yeah. yeah. So for the bigger jobs, they they can't really go like if I'm trying to think of a bigger job where you might need to go out and do. i, I can uh, give you an example. Somebody
1: recently posted that um, they have a shower and they want to remove it and put a bathtub in its
0: place. OK. And I was getting feedback from from some of the gig workers and stuff. And that's sort of where we came up
1: with that idea. We're, and we've had this issue in the past where you know there are some skilled jobs and you just you can't place a bid on
0: it. So that's that's why we're we're working on that system. Should be out by the end of the week. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, the person posting the job could put pictures of the room from different angles. And hey, here's the shower that needs to be yeah. removed. Here's the measurements of the room. Here's what we're looking to put in. Exactly. So a sk- so a person who's done a lot of so how do they then know about the people bidding? Because what if, like you were like you were saying, what if somebody bids $200 flat rate and somebody else bids $20 an hour, thinking it'll take about six hours, let's say. So that's obviously you'd save on that. But how do you know, are these workers ranked at all? Um,
1: well, you, they do have ratings that are...
0: So okay. you can see like, you know, their first name, their profile picture, uh, all the
1: reviews and uh, whether or not they were a worker or a client for that, for that review.
0: So until they've done a job and had a review though, it's really just, if you have three people applying for the job, you just are throwing, you're just throwing a Hail Mary at, at one of them, right? I mean, uh,
1: yeah, basically, basically right now, cause you know, we're trying to, get up off the ground we launched uh, uh almost a week ago actually okay so basically basically the way right now we we have like we don't have too many workers and too many jobs but uh we've had a few a few jobs completed and and you know luckily knock on wood they were all successful
0: okay yeah are you, I, are you and only are you only in washington state right now
1: um we're we I mean we're headquartered in Washington, but it's available in Canada and US, all of North America.
0: Okay. I mean I just was curious I I figured that was gonna be the case. We we had a startup a, a ways back, one startup that I really was that I really liked their platform, Launder. Um, it's a laundry oh, I company. Actually, I actually heard that one, that podcast. <laughs> right. So actually they have a whole employee thing and a whole model and everything, but uh, they a little bit different, but they were starting up too, and they're in Idaho. But they now are starting to get c- certain markets like Dallas, um, you know, uh, weird c- – they had some city in Alaska, Juneau, that they had mo- They had a lot of requests for workers. They don't have the workers yet. Mm, that's interesting. So it's really kind of like they're kind of battling this, um, you know, like, okay, now we really have to find a worker in Juneau, Alaska. I'm thinking, you should be able to. I mean, you guys got a good platform. You make good money doing this. So, um, I was just, you know,
1: we're, we're at the point right now where we're, you know, we're new entrepreneurs and we're still trying to figure out the marketing and how we're going to, you know,
0: so I know you're out, I know you're in Tacoma, but is it Tacoma, Seattle that you're really, is that your target right here in the beginning? Uh, yes, we,
1: we're actually, we're focused on, uh, Tacoma, Seattle, Tacoma, actually, Tacoma-Seattle area and Portland area. Uh Uh-huh. And, but we really want to try to, try to launch in the whole West Coast.
0: Okay, right. So you want to, you want to hit up and down the coast first. Yes, exactly. And then see how it builds out from there. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. So you, obviously, the California market will be something that you're looking into, too.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah, I don't see that you guys would have an effective, uh assembly bill five as you're not having people you're not providing people live hey accept this job and uh so i i don't think you're going to have an effect of that so that's good um it seems it seems kind of a bit like a a, um an easier more streamlined and more dated version of like an angie's list
1: yeah and or, like, think about the jobs section on Craigslist, mm-hmm. you know, where it's it's really, like, an open platform. Right. You know, it's not really a closed
0: system. Payment doesn't happen through the app. Payment happens outside of the app. We just we just connect two people utilizing a bidding system. Right. But I, I see down the road for you guys a big thing being people starting to have, the workers starting to have reputations. Because, as we all know, Craigslist... Can be a real nightmare. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You you have your user account. You have your reviews and ratings. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, down the road, that's what I would see being the much better thing about that. Because, I mean, on Craigslist, like if I needed somebody to come do some plumbing or something, I'm not going to go to Craigslist because I don't want somebody I have no clue about. In no, my it's house. A little sketchy, right? Yeah, I mean, there might be, you know, maybe like outdoor lawn jobs or something. I don't even know. But I really would be, I'm very hesitant to use like a Craigslist. Yeah. Unless like it's like a tangible item that is being sold or like, you know, before the pandemic, I live in Colorado, like Red Rocks concert tickets that are sold out. I might go to Craigslist because you do find real people, you can call them work out the deal, go meet them, get the, you know, handed off hard ticket copies. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, there's, there's that, but as far as jobs go, I don't know. I I think it's been a decrease constantly on Craigslist.
1: Yeah. And I think that's also due to a lot of uh, gig economy platforms being released.
0: Oh, me too. And that's what I think is a good thing. Like you guys doing this, I think is great because if down the line, workers can have like a profile page, even like a single page, where they can just list their, you know, what they can do. And all of a sudden, even if they've they've only got five ratings, but they've got like a 4.9, but they've got five ratings because they've done five jobs and you can really push some of the people using the platform to make sure that, hey, if you rate, you know, a person, you know, well, I don't even know what kind of kickback little thing you could do for them, but to, to help the users, to push the users into rating would be a great thing because if once you get these workers kind of verified or you could even call it like BidBud verified once they've had like yeah. verified work verified posters gauging their work and rating it um that's gonna really help a the platform and the gig workers wanting to be on there yeah that's a good point because you know once i mean if i'm a, i am a gig worker but if i'm a gig worker and i want and i want to be on your platform I I would right away want to, and especially now in your early days, I would want to be getting ratings left and right. I mean, I would be making, I'd be bidding on everything that that falls in my scope and I'd be killing it on the job because I'd want ratings. Because I can see already that with you guys being in the early days, people getting ratings are going to, I mean, having a rating is going to have me always land a job over a newbie who doesn't have any rating.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Because somebody posting is gonna go, well, this guy's already been rated and verified.
1: And, and that's and that's the thing is, uh, especially in the beginning, because you know we've thought about this. It'd be cool to get your input in the beginning. The the workers are not going to have any ratings or reviews, so that's sort of that, that in the beginning. There's a barrier that we need to break. Hmm. So that's that's one of the one of the things we've been thinking about here at Big Book.
0: Well, I'd, I mean, I don't see how it would be a, a hard thing even without a profile page to, on each posting, have the, pro- the person who posted be able to rate how that job went. Yeah,
1: we actually, we, we do have a system like that. So uh, after, after uh, you know, the transaction through the app is completed,
0: mm-hmm. like after, after the, the two users, you know, gain access to each other's information, they communi- communicate about the job. Uh, they'll both be able to rate and review each other. So the person posts the job, the gig worker bids on the job. The, let's say that there's three bids, and the poster contacts the person that they think sounds best or the best bid, and then they they are communicating so, through the app without any transfer of their own it, personal information. So right now it doesn't work that way. But uh, I would like your input, though. I want to hear what you're going to think. So right now, the way it works is, uh, you know, you'll post a job, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll get a few bids. Let's say, you know, whatever I say, I can do it for 200 bucks, you know. Sure.
1: What you'll have to do is you can see my ratings and reviews, Mm -hmm. um, and then you can decide whether or not you want to accept that bid. Assuming you accept the bid, once I give a final confirmation, then we gain access to each other's information. Okay. So that's kind of the the way it works
0: right now. Okay. Um so yeah, so then they're in touch. Uh but they're in touch through the well, I mean I guess at that point once they're in touch, they could be trading all kinds of information actually. So Yeah, so it just you, you gain access to each other's phone numbers basically. I would think the quick the best thing to do immediately would be to allow the workers to the worker people, the, the gig workers who come on the platform, like if I come on your platform and I'm not going to be posting jobs, but right away, allow me to create a basic page, even if it's nothing at all, you know, just like my name, um, my phone number, all that. and, And it can't be seen like you said. And then once that the person posting the job accepts me, then my, maybe more than just what skills I, I put into the skills, um, uh, field when I'm filling it out, then the rest of the fields become available to be seen by the person posting the job so that they can get in touch with me and know that I have a singular page, my picture. Cause that's a big thing too, right now, you know, you don't, and you don't want joking pictures. We've seen that really hurl back at companies like where they put a picture of their dog or, you know, their city. We mm-hmm. you would want so, a picture so of the actual like, worker. Like It would be good to have a, a process where,
1: like you upload a profile picture and it has to go through an approval process?
0: Not even an approval. Just this is my picture. Here's what I can – here's the, the, the work areas that I specialize in. And then they get to bid, If the person picks them, then they get to see their full profile and their picture. Until they, until they pick them, they can't see the picture or anything. So
1: the only information that's missing is the phone number and then once once you guys are connected you gain access to
0: the phone number right and that's that's what i was saying is that maybe when the gig worker fills it out they fill in their profile the, the phone number everything but the, but the people the people posting jobs only see certain fields until they accept that person once they do then they see all the fields yeah like the like the skills and qualifications and the picture and the phone number yeah. and but that way the gig workers know they have like a single page that they're on and they can start getting rated on by the workers.
1: So that's actually, that's actually the way we do have it set up right now. That's great. So, yeah. So when you, when you, as a gig worker, when you go in the app uh, and you sign up,
0: you can, you can go into the, my account page mm-hmm. and you can fill out your skills and qualifications, set a profile picture and, and all that. So are they, are they separate apps for the workers? Uh, and so the... All, You can be a, so once you
1: sign up, uh, uh-huh. It's it's we try to make it you know as simple as possible. Once you sign up, you can either post a job or place bids on job on a job.
0: Okay, like as in the same type of account. Oh, so you could you could be a worker, but you already have a profile set up, so you can also be posting jobs. Huh. Uh, correct. Yeah. I mean jobs that you need. Like maybe you can do this A, B, and C, but you can't do D and E, and you accept jobs for A and C, but you need a job D done at your house, you can do it all through your profile?
1: Yep, you can just go ahead and post a job.
0: Okay. So yeah. then the ratings, do the ratings go both ways? Do you rate the job poster to the gig worker? Do they rate them?
1: Uh, correct. Both both users have a rating. We, we thought that would be important because, you know, if there's somebody that's posting jobs and, You know, they're saying, oh, you know, I thought I was going to pay you this much or, you know, just some some job poster that's always causing trouble. We want to be able – we want the workers to be able to rate those job posters.
0: Mm. Yeah, the one issue that I might see there is that a lot of people who go on there wanting jobs done might not be totally familiar with the way gig work works. And they might be like, I wasn't really that impressed, and they might give somebody a two-star and that might have the gig worker come back at them and, go, and give them a one-star going, yeah, but they didn't describe the work right. This was bullcrap. And really you might have a, a ba- like almost like a vacuum of, ba- a of backfire because these two came at each other when really maybe let's say the job got done right, but it just wasn't explained perfectly. They weren't on the same page, but they both oh, rated man. each other horribly. And now in the beginning, they both have one-stars. So do you think? Do you think? Because you know, I want to hear your opinion as,
1: as a gig worker. But so, do you think it would be worse off to be able to uh, rate the job poster?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd allow the gig worker to rate the poster. Because the
1: the reason why uh, maybe
0: as feedback to you guys aren't aren't uh, like for Uber, for example. Because I've never I've never driven Uber or Lyft. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was under the impression that you can rate the driver and the rider, correct? Yes. Okay. So but so, so let me let me be clear though. So with Uber um the passenger has 24 hours to rate the driver. With Lyft, the passenger has 24 hours to rate the driver. Now, with Uber, you can't accept the next ride until you rate that passenger. So when I drop a passenger off, I have to rate them right then, and I don't know how they're going to rate me. So, you know, they might not rate me at all, and they but they might go in 10 hours later, add a tip, rate me five stars. They might go in 10 hours later and have taken two other Ubers and mixed me up with a different driver who was swearing and rate me a one star and put a bunch of crap in there that isn't true. And they might say, hey, this guy was abusive, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're just visiting a city and they are right, rating the wrong driver. Things happen. So... Um, there really isn't a way to fix that either. Once your rating's in with Uber, there's no appeals process to have that taken. So the only thing you can really do is be like me and have between Uber and Lyft 25,000 rides under my belt. So one bad rating isn't really going to touch me. <laughs> so do, you, I, do you think, um, because I it, originally I thought it would be a good idea for Uh, both users to be able to rate each other, you know, as the job poster and the gig worker. Mm -hmm. But do you think it would be helpful to
1: have an appeal process for a a rating?
0: If it was you guys being the appeals, I don't think you should move to an Uber or Lyft-type platform where the appeals have to be done through an appeals court. You know, I think that maybe, like, if, if there was some kind of disruption, maybe you guys could... Maybe in your terms of agreement, when you download the app, you could just have it that, hey, if there's, if there's a problem after the job, you know, let's have uh, either a call or a three-way email or whatever and sort through the issue. And at worst case scenario, maybe you just disregard the ratings in that one and just call it a wash. Okay. You, do you see uh, what I'm saying? Uh, like, okay, hey, listen, you. You, you guys aren't syncing up on stories at all. So the best thing I can do is not allow a rating on either side of this one. That's
1: actually that's actually a really good idea. Um, I'm into
0: yeah. yeah, because, I mean, you might get, like I said, you might get that one guy who's thinking, well, maybe there's a way for me not to have to pay for this if I just rate this person really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean... I can see that happening. Because also, I'm guessing that you're not making sure and doing background checks on the people who are taking the job, so you don't know... If, I mean, clearly they're not going to be bonded and stuff.
1: Yeah. So we we will have background
0: checks by the end of the month. Oh, you will? Okay. Yeah, as an, as an option.
1: So you'll have, like, a little check mark, you know, next to your name.
0: Uh-huh. So that's oh, the way we're finding it. Like, the worker can choose to have it done.
1: Yeah, and we're thinking we're thinking whether or not the client should be able to do it too. But I'm not sure.
0: I would think you would actually. That's a good idea. I would almost think you'd be better off just letting the worker choose. Because if you choose to have it done, then you would get like a blue check mark next to your name. That way, the person exactly. posting jobs knows this person's been checked.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. That's kind of what, what uh, we were thinking.
0: Yeah, and then don't even offer anything to the – because the, you don't want to confuse the people posting jobs as to, um, you know, as like, do like hey, do you want a background check done on this guy? Because all of a sudden you use the word background check, and they might decide not to even post. That's a good point. You know, that just all of a sudden could scare somebody, especially if it's a job in the house or on the property. And if they have kids and things of that nature, it just starts bringing up the criminal element in their mind. And it, it could yeah, scare some point, people yeah. off. But, but I would yeah, think I that see, you... I could see for the gig worker, though. Yeah, I could see that's absolutely for the gig worker, allowing them to say, do you want a background check done on you? And then if you, and if you do and you pass, we'll, we'll give you a blue verified. Yeah, correct. Because then if I'm posting a job and I see three bids come in... And two are two hundred, but one's two fifty. But the two fifty has a blue check mark, and it's a job I really want done right. I'm going to take the two fifty.
1: Exactly. For the for the gig worker, it'll increase the odds of your bid being chosen.
0: Even if your bid is the the highest one.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because the other people are just like we were just talking about are almost just Craigslist people.
1: Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's what we want to avoid because, you know, there's definitely a stigma about Craigslist.
0: Yeah, I would almost push it with the gig workers that sign up. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, we recommend that you get verified so that you get our stamp saying that you've been background checked so that people can uh, trust you in their home and working on jobs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because, I, again, I would think that, I mean, like, if you have multiple verified bidders, no, that's different. Now they're going to have to... But if I have, but if I post a job and I get four or five replies, but only one of them is verified, I'm almost going to take that one unless it's just so far different on um, what they're bidding. <laughs> like if it's yeah, 500 nice. instead of 200, then I might have to look at the other people. But if it's somewhat even close, but it's more, I'm always going to take the verified one. So I have
1: a question for
0: you. Mm-hmm. Um. So. We want to have a system where,
1: you know, I was talking about in the beginning, where you can place a bid in person. Now, uh, I was the way we were thinking about doing that is uh, when the when the person when the user is posting a job, we were thinking of having an option where uh, they can select whether they want bids through the app or in person bids, and then that would set how the uh, the gig worker places a bid. Do you think that's that's a, the correct way of doing
0: it? Maybe down the road. I don't know if out of the gate I would. <clears throat> because, again, until you have a bunch of very – like, if I'm like, – I'm just putting myself – I'm not being the gig worker for a second. I'm being a poster for a second. So if I'm posting a job, like, you know, I need a dishwasher tore out of my house and a new one installed. I have a Kenmore AF – 220 you know and i'm looking to install this i have granite counters and you take a bunch of pictures i don't really know if i want a bunch of people who aren't verified coming in my house to bid.
1: well so the the way the way it would work is um the way we're thinking of having it work is if you're if you're a gig worker and you you find the job you like you click place bid and then there's going to be an option to place a bid in person and then the client gets notified and says, "Hey, here's so and so wants to play. You know, place a bid in person, and then you
0: can accept or reject it." Okay. Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of the way we we're
1: we we're thinking of having.
0: You could because- also you could also allow the poster to choose one or both. Do you want online pictures and bidding only, or do you want um, in person bidding, or do you want both?
1: That would, be, that would actually be really useful to have, be able to select both.
0: So if I'm posting, all of a sudden I could see, do I want to, you know, here's my post, here's what I need done. Do I want to have uh, people just online bid from the pictures and information I provided? Or do I want to have gig workers come and look and bid? Or do I want to have both?
1: Yeah, I could see that being really useful, actually.
0: Because then you're allowing the poster, and that way... You're only going to get replies from the gig workers on the ones on the posts who say we would like in person to because a lot of people who do the, the type of like indoor work, like plumbing, electricity, that kind of stuff might, you know, they might be really good and they might know that that kind of job requires going in the house to take a look. Yeah, so they exactly. would only want to look at jobs where people want you to come in and take a look. Yeah. That's, and that's that's the reason why we, we want to focus on a system like that. But yeah, that's a good point. And it might actually help your search criteria too as the platform grows because you could you could have the workers be able to say I only want to see jobs where I can bid in person. Oh yeah, like be able to filter. You
1: know. Filter
0: yeah, exactly. Because oh, like an electrician, yeah. you know, he's not going to want to bid on pictures. He he doesn't know what's behind yeah. that wall. Yeah,
1: just like just like that the uh,
0: bathtub job where, right. you know, somebody, somebody had a shower in place, and, or a shower, and they want to put a bathtub in place of that shower. Right. And, and it's you like, you know, you don't know, like, you know. And actually, that that job that I'm talking about didn't have any images either. Right, I mean, and what just, if it's an old... It was really
1: close to me, so I saw it on the app.
0: So, what, so also, what if that job... You know what if the what if the shower is on the second floor, um, and they want it removed, and they want like a bear claw old fashioned tub, and they want some tile floor put beneath it. A real plumber is going to want to come out and look at that. Do you have a lead? Um, do you have a lead line going to to your main? Um, do you have copper piping? Um, what temperature can it hold going up to the second floor? I mean, you're going to start running into questions where people are going to want to know. And so there might be some like electricians and plumbers and those kind of biddings where they're looking for only jobs where they can come bid them in, uh, uh,
1: in person. Yeah, especially because you know, some, the, the plumber is going to know much more than, than uh, the person posting the job. Correct. So the person posting the job is not going to you know, talk about all those things that you just
0: mentioned. Exactly, and what if the person and what if the what if the person posts it and three people see that oh okay, that person wants this done and he's allowing in-person bidding, two people come out and bid it pretty high, but they're pretty close, but a third guy comes in and says, well, I work with a, a, um, a company that uses uh, you know seconds on bathtubs, like you know little scratches here and there, but because of that, I get them at a third of the price. Yeah, You know, like with refrigerators and stuff, like there's a company here and my guy in Denver um, who does all my plumbing and AC work and stuff like that, his company, um, he works with uh, like a a company that sells refrigerators for about 30 to 40% of their cost because they have scratches or dents on them. And they literally all come from Sears. So they're like Sears ones that were dropped on a truck, work perfect, but might have a dent in the side or on the front. Yeah. And because of that, a big chunk of money comes off it. And that so that third person might come in, and you got two bids, 2500, 2400. Now all of a sudden you have a bid to replace a refrigerator at 1100 installed by a guy that you totally trust cuz when he came out, he showed you pictures of the one he can get and you decided I don't mind that dent. And I'd rather save $1,400. Yeah, that's
1: a good point.
0: So, I mean, I think that, I think you guys are definitely on the right path. Um, And I know you went live, what, last week on iOS and the Google Play, on the Google Play apps, right? Google Play, we actually went live. uh, So it's been a long long process. So the Google Play went live
1: um, last summer. And we didn't, do, we didn't do any marketing because when we, we released the app, it was more of a proof of concept. It had absolutely no features. I mean, you couldn't
0: upload images. Like, it, it, was, it was bad. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, we got feedback from a lot of people. And, uh, we just, like, went back to work. We overhauled the Android version. We built an iOS version. And now we just did an actual release with a real minimum viable product.
0: But everything is going to be done through the apps. There's nothing going to be done through the bitbudapp.com website. No, it's all going to be done straight
1: through
0: the app. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, like, in no way is there online, like, you can skip over the app and just do it by creating a profile online, going to the website, logging in. That's not going to happen. It, it will happen, but oh, you okay. don't, it's not right now. Oh, okay. I mean, no, I, I li- actually, I actually like the idea of the app better. I think that takes it out of. I mean, and you would have to you would have to talk to your attorney on this one, but I would think that that would be smarter play for you guys to to not have it be through the website.
1: And what what are you thinking? Of? Just
0: just because through the apps you can be a lot more secure with people's information. Mm,
1: yeah, that's a good point.
0: You know, through websites, you never know who's. You know, your your whole business model on a web if, if it's through if you can do it through the website portal, your whole uh, your whole business could just be data gathering and then data farming. And really you're not even looking to do this bit, bud. You're looking to sell people's data down the road.
1: Mm, yeah, I see.
0: But through the apps, I mean still could happen through the apps, but not really. The apps are pretty protective of keeping people's stuff to themselves um, you know the i obviously google play and the ios has their own terms of agreement on what they can gather but we're all used to that all of us have apps on our phones so we've all we've all sold our our profiles to the devil as it is yeah, yeah honestly <laughs> you know i mean really like all the all the all the apps on my phones it doesn't even matter anymore i'm on so many different apps that Everybody, and my information's out there. Yeah, it's it's all out there. (laughs) Right, but I mean, like, I think that it would just legally might be beneficial to you guys to keep it to the apps, because then you're protected by the iOS store and the Google Play store. Yeah, that's
1: true. That's a really good point.
0: But again, I mean, I'm sure that would be something that your lawyer would go over with you guys, but... um, So if people wanted to start in another city right now, is that even possible? Like, me being in Denver... If I wanted oh, to, yeah. if I wanted to download the app as a worker, could I do that and then just kind of be that guy who checks it once in a while and and see if, like, if, if a gig pops up and then be that first guy to bid it. Hundred percent. It's available everywhere in North America. Okay. Anybody can download it, either a job poster or a worker, and just check out the app. So I could right. But so anywhere, I could do that, anywhere. and I could be that first guy on there, and then I could also be referring people like. If they're like, hey, do you know uh, a guy who can who might do this? You know, I could be like, well, you know, um, I've, I'm actually on this app right now where uh, I can't do it for you. But, you know, maybe you could post it and uh, find a person who does. And even if just a few gig workers in Colorado started.
1: Yeah, it would. It would it, it's open. It, that would work perfectly, actually.
0: Because, I mean, everybody's going to have to claim their taxes on the work, too. So... Really, it doesn't even have to be a gig worker. Like I could let my, my buddy Lonnie, who owns um, Vaughn um, HVAC, uh, heating and air conditioning, I could tell him about the platform and let him go on there and create a profile for anything HVAC. Exactly. So and, then people, people will be able to post jobs, and, and he'll see it right away. Right, and he'd be the only one on there right now. Yeah, exactly. It'd be the only one in the area that's doing HVAC on Big Bud. Right. So, I mean, that's that's really cool. So even though you're concentrating on focusing developing out the West Coast, really anybody can kind of start to build their own thing in their own city because I could even help people get theirs set up to where Denver is more populated with the workers ready to do stuff when when the jobs come around. Yeah, exactly. And... and um if we start to see, like, a certain city or region getting densely populated with either job posters or workers, we're probably going to shift most of our focus to that area. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Right, right, right. Because, like, I mean, we always see all the a lot of the startups that we've had on the, on the podcast and that I've talked to over the years, we certainly see uh, Dallas become a target city almost immediately for all of them. Um, it's almost like every gig that starts up, starts getting, if they, if they kind of let it be known to Dallas people, we have a, we have a lot of, of friendly people who are gig workers in the Dallas, uh, Austin area, both those, both those Dallas, Fort Worth and Austin, uh, markets. We've got a lot of people there who could populate the gig side of it real quick. Once that's done, they get that word out there and, uh. People start going, really? Okay, I'll post jobs there. And they you're start saying, seeing...
1: So you're saying Dallas and Austin area is like a hot spot for gig economy?
0: Yeah. I mean, they just they just love it. They eat it up. You know, because they, they don't want to go to a Craigslist and they don't want to... Maybe they're not getting good referrals from their friends, you know, or whatever on, hey, do yeah. you know a good plumber? Do you know a good uh, person who can haul away a bunch of trash? And people are just like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. I mean, it's just Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin are two very big markets. Like, we've seen all the mini rideshare startups, there's been three of them in Austin who have, like, really gone at it big, um, like Alto and some of the other ones. And Alto is, like, actually looking at taking on Uber and Lyft in California. They're looking at moving to California right now, even during ab 5 but it's interesting. So, I mean, like, they've it, only it, been it, working in Austin, and they're reason. ready to take on the state of California and make people employees. They've really grown, and they have a different uh, perspective on rideshare than, um than a lot of these companies do. It's called Alto? Yeah, there's Alto, and there's another one, too. There's oh, I just was looking at it last week. It's called Ride Connect. Okay. So ride connect also is ba- let me see ride connect is based in, I think it's based in Dallas, yeah. And uh, and be- and it even says I'm looking at something right now. It says a new law in California seeks to rewrite the rules of work, and what it me- and what it means to be an employee. Known informally as the Gig Economy Bill, or AB5, the legislation technically went into effect January 1st, seeking to compel all companies, but notably ride-sharing platforms, um, to treat more of their workforce like employees. So this company is allowing you to cut out the middleman and create your own ride-share profile page and build your own clients, huh,
1: uh, that's actually really, that's
0: a good idea. Right, because this whole independent contractor thing is becoming messy. So th- what they're doing is they're allowing you to, like, un- unlike Uber where they throw you a ping and you have, as a driver, it, you have like eight seconds to either accept or not accept the ride, um, you're, you would actually be building your own client base. And then people could be reserving you or contacting you and saying, hey, I need a ride, and therefore you can remain an independent contractor because um, uh, because Ride Connect is only letting you, they're cutting the middle, they're not going to be a middleman, even though they kind of are. They're processing it, but they're not going to be a middleman like Uber where they're throwing you rates, and it's like, hey, you'll make $25 for this ride, and Uber's making 70 you know what i mean like so it's not going to be like that it'll be more like you know maybe it's a percentage maybe it's like 10% yeah. and or whatever that they're taking on whatever you do but it's up to you to set your prices and to tell people how much you charge them for airport rides and i know that that's what they're primarily building on here in the beginning is airport rides and it's supposed to be um i think it's a big target at people who go to the airport and work out of state often, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that um, type of people in Dallas who fly to other cities to train and whatnot, and they they go to the airport maybe six times a month, and they would rather have a rideshare instead of just calling random Ubers. They'd rather have a rideshare driver every time. That's the same driver who knows them, and they can start yeah, working you, out the deals. Like, yeah, it, so it seems like it
1: allows you to. Uh, build a connection with other users
0: exactly i mean that's that's exactly what you're doing i mean uber and lyft don't want you stealing their business but that's kind of what it is you know you start no you get in a good conversation driving somebody to the airport you can just either give turn them on to your link on ride connect or you can give them a card or whatever and they can just say hey i want to get you every time yeah hit me up here man we can work out a deal Hmm. that's that's really interesting so, yeah, there's some... And then Alto works a little different too, but they also are kind of doing it more like an employee status, but where they're not getting just destroyed by the employee status. So it's it's interesting stuff to look at. And uh, because of AB5, we're seeing a lot of competition. I saw this morning that um, the company Dumpling, who com- who immediately competes with Instacart, but Dumpling allows... But Dumpling is what I consider to be the way better one because they don't treat their workers horribly. And you actually are allowed to build your own business on the Dumpling platform. And it's competing with the grocery business. However, I just saw this morning that Dumpling is going into the rideshare business as well. So now you're going to be able to have your profile and have, you know, that you can do food delivery like Uber Eats and all these things. You can do things like Instacart for them, And you can do uh, rideshare. So people could start to hire you as, I need you for my food delivery. I need you to go to the grocery store for me, and I need you to, to be my rideshare driver.
1: That's actually I, that's actually really cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. But, I mean, know, people are starting that, to that kind of reinvent sense. the wheel here, so
1: yeah, you're building trust.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I think that it's more like you already have the trust, and now that person's so impressed they they've had a bunch of, they've had a handful of decent or bad drivers, and they're just like, dude, I want you to do you do groceries too? Yeah. And you can list those on your profile, which yeah, of those jobs good. you do. And so people are really liking that because they're able to go, well, dude, this guy does everything for me. You know, and I, he's able to do things like on, on the schedule I need. Even weekly stuff, like they're, they're getting regulars who, hey, I need my groceries on Tuesday morning. Can you do that? Yep. Hey, I, I, I need to go to the airport to fly to Atlanta every second Saturday and be picked up every Tuesday afternoon. Can you do that? Yup. Yep. Can you, can you deliver food on Friday nights to my kids? Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's, uh, yeah, it's absolutely cool. So, I mean, a lot, of you, a lot of you guys coming out have a lot of these great ideas, and I'm really liking it. I'm liking to see the competition and options for all of us gig workers because um, we need it. And we can, you know, the gig workers themselves, that's who listens to the podcast primarily, and the gig workers themselves um, could really help you build out certain cities. yeah and that's and that's the thing is you know we're
1: we we just released and we're trying to figure out like how to penetrate these cities and how to get people on the app because sometimes like i've we've had like uh some app ratings in the app store
0: the play store where somebody signed up you know as a worker and they didn't see jobs in their city and they gave us like a one-star rating it's like ooh man that's a hit you know, so yeah I would just I would just make it clear that hey, you know we're just launching and we're not in every city yet. but what I would also maybe do is um, a lot of startups do like um, a type ambassador type program. So like if you can get somebody in a market like let's say me in Denver, I might be able to populate and bring in a ton of people. Let's say that I bring in HVAC plumbing and I, I all of a sudden I've got like 10 different people to cover ten different types of jobs in Denver, maybe you give me the ambassador setting here and then I also can help the field the questions in this area and somehow it comes back as a perk to me.
1: Huh, that's actually a good idea.
0: Because then you get somebody who's really like riled about it and really wants to help you build that area. Yeah,
1: I, I haven't thought about that
0: before. So, I mean, it's, I mean, just a thought, I mean, you know, because if you see somebody getting like really like aggressive and good on your platform in a certain city. Like you were saying, if you start seeing a city get warm, 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 hot, 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 and then all of a sudden kind of blowing up, you'd want to start focusing on that city. Like you want the West Coast, but if you saw Dallas getting 90% of your business, your focus needs to be able to shift very quickly.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: You know, you need to be very fluent and able to move. And like we were saying with um, Launder, you know, you might see that, wait, why are we blowing up in Juneau, Alaska? But you might have to shift your your priorities up to there. Um, And having an ambassador is absolutely helpful because you don't live in Juneau. I don't live in Juneau, so I don't really know enough about the market. So to be able to give that person a perk who's maybe bringing a lot of jobs on or they can do a lot of jobs and you've looked them up, you start researching them and notice they've got... Great ratings on other platforms and stuff like that, and you've just you can like Google their name and you're getting good good reviews. All of a sudden, you might contact them and say, "Hey, do you want to be an ambassador of the area?" And maybe you're working with you know even if it's like Amazon or other things where you can get them gift cards even or things like that. Um, because then, like you could say, "Hey, you know, for every five people you bring on, or you know, if you could run a blog or if you could answer." if you could handle any of the flow and if there's no questions for a while, maybe it's based on the load, but like somehow just keep it low in the beginning. But like every quarter, you know, send them a $20 or up to $50 Amazon card for the for the markets that are turning hot and that they're helping populate. It? We are working on, on some type of like system where each user has their own unique code. And when you refer people to sign on, if that user types in the code, you'll get some sort of uh, kickback. Well, there you go. That's, That's exactly it. To and once, So yeah. if you notice one person in a city and their code's just coming back 11 times and you're getting maybe one code on a couple other people, but you're getting 11 on, on this one guy in a month, and then you see like in the next month he's already added another three, you want to contact that guy about, hey, you're really k- crushing it for us populating this um you would you like to be the ambassador of the area maybe like whatever you're offering that they everybody sees is one thing but if you become the ambassador maybe that's a private phone call between you guys working that out and how does the ambassador thing work you want to elaborate a little more on that well i mean like so for denver have you ever been to denver uh never I, oh, well, okay I mean, i've stopped i've stopped in the airport okay no I'm no but in. that's 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 perfect so the my, That'll go to my point. You don't know anything about the Denver market. I I know everything about the Denver market. So if I populated it, you would want me to be the ambassador because if people have questions, hey, I'm not really fond of that company and I don't want to get a product from there. What else you got? You don't really know how how to answer that question. The ambassador does. So the ambassador could in turn be helping out the other gig workers. Okay. I mean it's it and helping even the even the posters understand better, you know, like, hey, I'm not really sure. I had a couple bids but neither are verified. You know, like maybe the ambassador is able to weigh in and say, Okay, well here's a here's a couple LinkedIn profiles on these people or I don't know. It's just how how will
1: we find those ambassadors
0: well i would i would just i would wait i would see who if a but if somebody's really pushing um in the in a market for you and really you're seeing their referral code come through time and time again that's the person
1: mm, that's a really good idea
0: you know and maybe like even in the app you say hey we're looking for ambassadors in every market that doesn't mean like somebody's going to be one the first month or that even in the first 3 months you'll have one in that area cuz maybe there's just not enough gigs being taken but if you see somebody still populating it once the once postings are being made and the people that they referred are being used for the gigs all of a sudden your algorithm could sort that and say this guy was the one who populated it 3 months ago and he still has been slowly populating and he's taken a couple jobs here and there. He's had a good rating. All of a sudden, you very clearly could see this is the guy who needs to be the ambassador. Yes.
1: So would you think, do you think we would be worse off if we have, you know, a city
0: with, you know, hundreds of workers and only a few jobs being posted? No, I would think that that's what you want. you got to remember that, I mean, I think you know this from any, from any of the research that you guys did, that gig workers don't work one platform. Yeah, I mean, very few. I would I would think under ten percent. You know, I mean, most of them work. You know, maybe some of the some of the eats, Doordash, Postmates, Uber, Lyft, Instacart. um, Who knows? You know, you're working a ton of these things, so. um, And they're working. You know, maybe they know that in so every market. That's part of the problem on social media is that people are like, you can't make anything on Uber Eats, but they're posting, let's say, from Seattle. And in Seattle, there's a 300% oversaturation rate. But in Denver, let's say, for Uber Eats, there's a 50% saturation rate, meaning there isn't even enough drivers driving Uber Eats. But for DoorDash in Denver, let's say there's a 250% saturation rate. So you don't want to work the DoorDash platform, but if somebody posts on, on social media that, well, Uber Eats sucks and you can never make any money on that, and this happens all the time, a lot of people see that and start kind of going, yeah, you can't, but you're now talking about your market without being very specific about that when really every market is different. Somebody in, in Victor, Idaho, or Jackson, Wyoming, might be making a killing on Uber Eats because they're the only driver. Yeah, that's that's true. So, I mean, it's just, it is market by market, and you just can't tell. So I would think that what you don't want to have is somebody going and posting a job and it not getting any bids on it. Because then they're going to be like, well, this didn't work. So, yeah, I would think you want gig workers to populate that quickly. And because they work multiple platforms, like somebody like me, I might go and set up a profile with you here in Denver on what I can do just so that whenever jobs do come through, I can look and go, yeah, I could do that and I'll make a bid on it, but at least that person's getting a bid because if they don't, they're like, well, this isn't working for me. I'm going to have to go to a different route. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think
1: also that, that referral system, we probably need to speed up that process because I would imagine that um, you know, we, we want to be able to offer like, big
0: kickbacks you know, to people who are, who are uh, referring a lot of people. Right. I mean, and that's, I guess that's something too. I didn't mention that let's say that like I post, I can do ride sharing and I can do grocery delivery for you um, here in Denver. And then I see a post on there and I go look at it, but it's for plumbing, but I don't do anything with plumbing. However, I know the best plumber in this town and he's a good friend of mine. Now I can still say, Hey, I don't do this, but I can put you in touch with this person or get them to set up a profile Saying that there's a job offer on here, would you be interested in this? If so, just go take ten minutes, set up a profile. Yeah. Give them my my referral number, and you see that a you that a job was posted for a plumber that no plumber was in Denver, and that the day that you that the posting happened, that a plumber signed up with my referral code, you will know that I saw that posting. I wasn't able to do that job. I referred a plumber to that.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that. I think a system like that would be really good for the app.
0: I mean, you guys will you guys will grow and emerge, and I mean, like all gig platforms, whatever your vision is right now, I'm sure that it'll be skewed this way or that way, and you might find yourself in a totally different direction. But doing well here, already skewed, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, when you're talking about gig, it's it's going to be you're going to have to be really flexible with just wherever it takes you, you know, be, yeah. be, but, be yeah, willing I to like, adapt.
1: I like being able to communicate with gig workers because, you know, like pe- people like you are the ones using those types of apps all the time. So,
0: Right. So let, I guess what my, my main thing to you would be to say, find some target cities and even like, let people like me know, I'll help you get some people like in Austin. I know some great people who can haul okay. trash away, who can do stuff and they'll start, putting up their profile, even if for the month or two, there's nothing that comes through as a job, they'll know that when something does, they're already on there. Yeah. So okay. that they won't be relying on, okay, now I got, I'll got. i have money coming in from this. But they're, they're already doing gig work, so they might want to be able to have a profile saying, I can haul trash for you. And then if somebody's yeah, like, if hey, somebody can you get a bunch out. of trash out of here? Because that's a big thing for some reason in Texas, too, is trash hauling and there's not enough people to do it. Um, so anybody with like flatbeds and stuff, sometimes will just be randomly doing this work. And so maybe the person who does rideshare also has a flatbed that they can tie up to their SUV and they are, they do trash removal for friends and stuff, but they're also willing to take it as a job. Um, you know, if they can be on there and for six weeks they see nothing, but all of a sudden they see a job come through. Not only will you have that job filled because you'll have a bid go out on it. But you'll have a gig worker who's able to bid on it, because if you don't have people bidding on the jobs, that might backfire on you a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point.
0: You know, so I don't know. I think there's a I think there's a lot of different ways you can go, but I think that picking out some key areas. Um, I think that the West Coast is the West Coast; it'll kind of take care of itself. Um, Chicago, uh, Dallas, uh, Austin. Um, Denver even is a huge. A lot of people here in Denver don't have cars, really can't do a lot for themselves. This city has blown up since I've lived here the last 20 years. Um, And we just, a lot of people don't have their own transportation, can't get their groceries, can't do anything really. So they need rides, they need this, they need that. And I know gig workers who would already be posting things they can do. And then adding to it too, like, hey, by the way, I, I used to do this, this and this. Well, you can add that on there.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: that's a good point. You know, I mean, all of a sudden you kind of get to that dumpling land where, like, people are able to, like, be a business on your platform, but they're not employed or anything by you. They're just able to build a profile that says, I do all this stuff. They start getting verified. They start getting good ratings. They're going to get all the jobs. Yeah, and I think I think also um,
1: the, the nice thing about BitBud is that you know, there's. It's not used for anything specific. It's. It can really be for any type of job. So, any right. any gig worker who's
0: with any specialty can go in there, and, and they'll be able to, you know, look at jobs for what, you know things that they specialize in. I think. I think the main things are getting gig workers on the platform, offering being verified, and quickly allowing them to get ratings. Yeah. I think that's how I think that's how your platform does really well in markets. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. You know, and maybe on the website have a page that says what markets are starting to get hot because that way people also start getting the, you know, oh, maybe oh, I don't I only see these five cities, but you could have down below, hey, we're we're willing to expand in every city, but these cities are we're starting to see a lot of workers come on the platform. That will also get people to um, if you keyword it right, when they're looking for jo- or looking to post a job, they might keep seeing BidBud come up. Try it out and see that in their area they do have a lot of workers. Yeah,
1: that's
0: a good point. So, um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to tell anybody? Because uh, we've ran about the hour, and uh... oh yeah, it's been,
1: <laughs> it's
0: been
1: <interesting>. um, <clears throat> I mean that's about it. We talked about the platform, I think.
0: So they just go to iOS or Google Play and search BidBud?
1: Yeah, just search BidBud, one word,
0: Mm -hmm. and it should be the first app that shows up. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then it's super easy to make an account, um, you know, and...
0: And they can reach out to you through the app, I'm guessing, and all that?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And the the website, you can, you know, contact us, too, through the website, BidBudApp.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We try to make it really simple.
0: Okay, and I'll put all the links in the linear notes and stuff, but awesome. uh yeah, and when we post the um when we post this so that uh people can find the app and go check it out but yeah. uh and, and if if uh, you're a gig worker
1: listening, I think contact us and give us as much input as you want.
0: That's perfect that's what our re- that's yeah. what the gig workers love to hear so so I guess any all our listeners out there if you're hearing this and you have ideas for these guys reach out to him because as being a startup and we've seen many times the input from gig workers can be tremendous help to these guys starting up. So, um, and can be tremendous help to you guys getting work through this platform. So, yeah. Um, also, um, there's on, on a there's a contact tab all the way at the right. Mm-hmm. And that should, it makes it super easy to get in direct contact with us. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, All right, well, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we will stay in touch with you for sure.
1: Yeah, appreciate it.
0: Okay, have a great one.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.
0: Well, once again, I went clearly over on that one. (laughs) Um, Next week is going to be just a news episode. That'll get us back into our time frame here a little bit. And, um, yeah, um, either next week or the week after, uh, one of my favorite local singers here in Denver... Um, is actually going to be recording a cover of a song that will be used for the intro of our show. And I'm very excited because he's a very awesome, amazing singer and uh, has quite the voice. And I'm kind of stoked to be... uh, I've known him for years, I've worked with him in the bar industry and stuff. But he plays in a lot of bands and a really, really amazing singer. Kind of excited to have him do this and be able to put our intro together finally as we keep progressing down this road so um thank you for joining us this week again next week just news um i'm still recovering my lungs here but uh i'm back into the 90s with my oxygen levels um i'm breathing uh i'm still taking it easy as i was told to do but uh it sounds you know i'm feel i'm feeling better than way better than i thought i would hey But I feel like I want to go out and do stuff or walk more, exercise more. And they told me to hold back on that for right now. But I'm feeling that uh, I've been tied up here too long kind of thing. And I want to get out there and do it. But I'm going to hold off. I'm going to do what they said. Um, It was a pretty scary episode there. So, um, again, thank you for bearing with my voice. It will be keep coming back. And then I will be able to have my full voice again still a little grungy right now, but I don't mind it. It just sounds like I'm a whiskey-drinking, blues-singing dude, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, have a great week. Go out there and do something awesome for somebody. Do something awesome for yourself. Do something awesome for your kids. Or don't. Don't you kidding. <laughs> um, do something, you know. Uh, take care of yourself. Um, Try and break your pre- pattern a little bit, you know, maybe add something new in. Keep the face masks on. Remember, they protect others. You wearing a face mask protects others. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not into the masks, you know, there's a lot of things people aren't into, you know. A lot of people aren't into smoking, but we have to tolerate smokers, and there we have rules around that. Right now, masks are needed. We need masks. Um, it is, we keep learning new things and hearing new things like the CDC saying, you know, six feet isn't enough yesterday and then retracting it. That's the third time they've done that. So I think we all are starting to get the impression we don't have the exact details, but we know COVID-19 is airborne period. It's airborne. Um, how far does it go and how long do the particles strain in the air? That part, I don't think we know, but it's airborne and I, and I'm getting the feeling very solidly that six feet is not enough. Um, the Miami study that came out a couple months ago said 16 feet and that it was 70 to 90 seconds that the particles were airborne. That's the most intense study I've seen, but the university of Miami also has an amazing department in that. So if that's what their team said, um, that report was out for a little bit. It's still out. I think you can find it on their, on the campus website of university of Miami. Um, however, I don't think you'll find it in the mainstream news, but regardless, um, Let's all be careful. Let's all keep those masks on. Let's be kind to others, and remember that even if you're even if you don't believe in what the masks do or that this how you feel about COVID, remember that you are protecting people who are at higher risk, um, older, things of that nature, and that part is a fact. So, I mean, that part is undisputed. You are protecting and helping those people stay safer. So, do that, please. Um, and because uh, we all want this to end, so if you're if you're anti mask or you're pro mask, it doesn't matter. We do all agree that we want this to end and get past it. So to do that, we all need masks on for a little bit. Um, you know, I think things are getting better. I think that you know we see re- resurgences here and there, and we've seen some colleges kind of you know tinkering upward for sure. But um, you know, we're learning. Um, you know, we're not the smartest people, but we're learning. <laughs> Uh, but with that said, I am out of here next week. Just news. We're going to really catch up on a lot of this news and what's been going on. And, uh, yeah. Um, that's it. You guys catch you back here next Tuesday for now. I'm out. Peace.